Okay, welcome back to the show on this Tuesday edition. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky for Locked On Syracuse. You can find us every single weekday on Locked On Syracuse. Today's show, as always, is sponsored by Built Bar, our favorite protein bars out there. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now to get $10 off your first purchase. Just use the promo code Locked On. Just indulged in a Built Bar myself. Finished up oh, a little late night workout right yeah. before the podcast. That's actually why I pushed the podcast back, Tim, about uh, 30 minutes on you. Sorry about that, but I had no, to get my, my Built Bar in right after my workout. So here we are. That's a legit excuse to push it back 30 minutes. You're staying healthy in this quarantine. Yep. Kind of a mm-hmm. weird flex to bring up your workout during yeah. the podcast. An actual we'll, flex, we'll let it too. slide. Yep. Yeah, because... <laughs> You were you were helping out our friends at Built Bar, so yeah. it's all good. But heavy football recruiting show today. We will talk a little bit about kind of the dome renovation, some updates on that at the end. But one of our mystery recruits, Ty, who we chatted about on Monday, we knew Syracuse had two more oranges tweeted out. The emoji was sent out by a lot of the defensive coaches. We thought it was Hayden Hashtag Nelson. too much juice. Yes, I, I do like that hashtag for this 2021 class, throwing yep. in the two and the one there. But Hayden Nelson, we were right for once, and he was actually one of the mystery recruits. We're still waiting on that second one. We probably think it is that tight end McDonald or defensive end, depending on how you look at it, that we kind of touched on yesterday. And who knows, maybe you already know about him by the time you're listening to this. But let's talk about Hayden Nelson, because we do officially know that he has committed to Syracuse. Wisconsin defensive lineman, and that makes now three of the first five commits in this 2021 class that are from the defensive line. So even though it's now a 3-3-5 defense under Tony White, still a point of emphasis to get these defensive linemen early on in the cycle, which you like to see because they have to replenish there. And also sticking with Dino Baber's point of emphasis that he has kind of started, which is Bring some height to the defensive line and the offensive line. But with Nelson, 6'4", 248 pounds, and actually one of the higher-rated guys so far. Yeah, and I mean, Tim, is this our first social media sleuthing victory that we've had? Because I think so. we we said, okay, the the cows, the cheese emoji to, to the orange, that's got to mean Wisconsin. That means Hayden Nelson. And boom, here's Nelson, a member of the class of 2021. So let's... Let's not get too injured trying to pat ourselves on the back there, but <laughs> I I really like Nelson, and I think he might be the best player this class has added so far. Three-star defensive end, like you mentioned, that size is impeccable too, but not just that. How about the speed on him? A 4.7840, and just for a little bit of context of what that means from a defensive line standpoint, Alton Robinson ran a 4.69. Nice. At the combine, he was the third fastest <laughs> defensive lineman there. He was 6'3, 265. And this wow. kid is 6'4, 250, running a 4.78. So he is right on the heels of Alton Robinson, and he's still a junior in high school. So that's something to be really, really. Uh, you, you can get excited about that because he could yeah. bring a, a real pow to this defensive line. Yeah, he's just barely a notch below Lockett in terms of recruiting rankings for being Syracuse's highest-rated three-star so far. They have five commits now. Again, we're expecting a six to come in if it hasn't already by the time you're listening to this. And their average rating so far on 247sports.com, when you calculate the five commits, is an 83.3, 
and he's an 83.6 overall. So he's a little bit higher than that. The second highest rated guy. One thing I really like about him is he's from Wisconsin, and he's getting some Big Ten love, and Indiana has already offered. And you'd imagine it's very early on in this cycle. He's also got Air Force, Ball State, a couple other solid offers. But you'd imagine Iowa Syracuse State, is, another one, too. Yeah, and Wisconsin has showed some interest, as we talked about yesterday on mm-hmm. the pod. And you'd imagine that they're, they're probably going to have to keep Wisconsin at bay here because maybe this will be the type of kid that gets some late love and an offer despite already being committed here because it is so early in this process. But definitely very impressed with this highlight tape from what I've seen. Seems to really fit this scheme and what they're looking for in the three three five defense as well. Yeah, he's he's a bruiser. I mean, this is a guy who gets after the quarterback. He's very powerful, very fast, kind of like I mentioned too. Also has a little bit of Kendall Coleman to his game. He he's not the the biggest in terms of weight, but he's got the the height and the size and he uses his speed to his advantage. Uh, if you watch his tape, speed's the thing that stands out. He can shoot gaps, yeah. he can get around the edge, and he can get after the quarterback no matter how mobile they are. So that's something that I'm I'm really excited about. And think about it from this standpoint, too, all right? He's playing in Wisconsin. We we hear all the time about Big Ten offensive linemen or, or like Notre Dame. So that Midwest area of offensive linemen that he's probably going point. against every single day in whether it's practice or when he gets to the games as well. So he's going up against a bunch of the best. All right. Whether it's Wisconsin guys that end up going to Wisconsin or Iowa or Notre Dame. I mean, those are the offensive linemen that he's kind of going up against every single day. That's the breed that he competes with. Yeah. I think he's my favorite one of the recruits so far for Syracuse. And I don't mean to slight anyone else because I do think they're off to a good start here in 2021. But his recruiting rankings, you know, you can fall in love with rankings. I'd be shocked if his rankings don't go up and continue to go up like most of these other Syracuse guys because it's so early on in the process. Another thing that's cool and noteworthy with this decision is Syracuse.com wrote an article basically saying the virtual tour sealed the deal here on Hayden and Nelson. I did see that. Mm -hmm. And this is a new era of recruiting. This is unprecedented times where you got to make sure that virtual tour is top notch. You got to make sure that's up to snuff with everyone else in the ACC and the Indianas and whoever else is offering a guy like Hayden Nelson. And it seems like Syracuse is doing pretty solid in this new time period where I know they don't like to offer and get commitments from kids before they come and tour, but this is a different time period, and they seem to be adjusting. I wonder what the virtual tour looks like. And maybe if we can get Aiden Nelson on, he can tell us kind of what it does. Like, is Dino Babers, because his office is one of the best that I've seen in college football good. with all the jerseys he's got hanging, does he turn around and, and just go like, see that? That's Jimmy Garoppolo's jersey. He's the highest paid player in the NFL right now. Like, is that the pitch? right now i don't know how you do the virtual tour i don't know how you necessarily show off everything that there is to your university through zoom but hey it worked and they must have wowed him in a certain way so i'd love to i'd love to to know how that all goes down yeah assuming it's kind of the similar type of people that are in charge of that as the social media marketing kind of this revamp with football recruiting where there's all these great graphics that come out right. and good packages. 
it seems like Syracuse is in good hands in that regard. So I, I don't know like if it Syracuse's is. I feel like Syracuse's fans too. I don't know if they just have fans that are these graphic design specialists. No, or, they're good. Yeah. I mean, you see all the time. There's even those NFL draft videos that I've seen right. them put out lately. The the creative ability. I mean, these guys are so proficient in the Adobe suites. And yeah. I've been just wowed by that. And this is the fan base. This isn't necessarily the Syracuse social accounts from within the university. No, th these are fans. So I've been very yeah. shocked by that. One more thing on yeah. these virtual tours, too. Uh -huh. I know uh, Frank Anselm took his virtual tour yesterday with Syracuse basketball. So I wonder what Jim Beheim's pitch is through, through <laughs> the, the That'd ether. be interesting. Yep. Well, hopefully he's as laid back as he was on that Zoom call with Carmelo and the guys, because that looked like he was in a good state of mind on that national championship rewatch. It's funny you bring up kind of the fans and how good they are at editing, because I saw a jersey floating around on Twitter, and it was Syracuse number 13 with Leonard on the back. Hmm. And I got this sent to me by like five or six people. And of course, it's not for me, I wish. And it did look like... And maybe start to think, maybe I need to get a Syracuse jersey and customize my name on the back. But it's about <laughs> Riley Leonard. They were editing for him a new quarterback target for Syracuse, recently offered, and he's expressing a lot of interest in Syracuse. So we got to talk about him next, a guy who has a pretty awesome last name. We'll talk about Riley Leonard, the quarterback target. That's next on Locked on Syracuse. All right, quick break to talk about our favorite protein bars out there. It's, of course, Built Bar, who sponsors every single one of our podcasts. Ty, I'm still digging through the Built Bar box that they sent over to us. It's got all the amazing flavors. All 16 of them, I think, are in this box. And I went golfing yesterday. I tried out the banana nut bread for the first time, which... I gotta say, another one of my favorites. I really haven't been disappointed by any of these flavors so far. There's just a lot of richness, a lot of flavor to these protein bars, more so than I've ever tasted in a protein bar before. And you know what, Tim? I am not a fan of fruit chocolate combos, but today that changed. I had the raspberry chocolate cream and it bolted to the one. top of my favorites. I think you pointed out earlier this week that this was a favorite of yours. It is now yes. a favorite of mine. And I was a little I was a little skeptical of mixing the fruit and the chocolate, but here I am. I have my new favorite flavor. It's the raspberry chocolate cream. Yeah, that was my first impression when we got the big box. I dove into it like it was breaking out a new iPhone or something and I grabbed the raspberry chocolate cream, and it's it's just very flavorful. Great first impression. You can have a great first impression right now with Built Bar. I'm telling you, these are really good protein bars. $10 off your first purchase by using the code LOCKEDON today. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first purchase. Okay, time to talk about my long-lost cousin, Riley Leonard. Of course, I'm joking, but this is him, the new Tim. quarterback. Keep it in the family. Yes, exactly. I'd love it if he came. It'd be great. If, if this kid is the future of Syracuse at the quarterback position, I am set for however long he is there in terms of Rudy. It was just odd to see, like, on Twitter and stuff, Syracuse offers Leonard, or Leonard talks about his Syracuse offer in some of those articles and the headlines, but... Anyway, obviously I have no relation to Riley Leonard, but it seems like Syracuse is pretty interested in Riley Leonard, the quarterback target, 2021, 
it's been a while since they've had a quarterback kind of early on in the cycle. They're always sort of chasing the eight ball late, it seems like. And I really like this kid, Ty. 6'4", 200 pounds, a pro-style QB. And one thing that's definitely of note is he's a two-sport athlete. He plays basketball, too, and is actually getting some Division One offers from basketball teams like Missouri State have reached out to him. Seems like he's getting a little bit better looks overall in football, though. He's got a Duke offer, which is always a good sign with Cutcliffe there, who is, as everyone loves to say, the quarterback whisperer. And also Nebraska just offered him, too. It seems like kind of like what we said with Hayden Nelson, this guy Riley Leonard is going to start to blow up, and Syracuse was his first Power 5 offer, so good on them to get on him early. Yeah, I think it's important to that you noted the foot, or the basketball part, rather, because yeah. he recently said in an interview that it's 75-25 in favor of football now, that that's the okay. sport he's going to pick for college. So you've mentioned Missouri State, some of the other basketball offers he has. The biggest one is St. Mary's, who does very, very that's well solid. out west, going up against Gonzaga. And then a couple of in-state offers, Northern Alabama and Samford. So... Who knows? I mean, Syracuse can also sell him on the fact that, hey, we one of our best quarterbacks of all time was actually a basketball player as well. In fact, two of our best football players of all time also played a little hoop in, in Donovan McNabb and Jim Brown. So that's that's yeah. another selling point. Who knows? Maybe maybe Jim Beheim's looking for another guard off the bench. Who knows? That that can all go <laughs> into the fold. But yeah, those, those offers have come in hot and heavy. All of this in the last five days are those Duke, Nebraska, Syracuse offers? So he does. Yeah, yeah he doesn't really have rankings yet. No, twenty four seven sports. In fact, com, when but... you search him, he comes up as a basketball recruit first on twenty four seven, and then you click the link, and it's a broken link. So I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I, fix the internet. I, I figure it out twenty four seven. Yeah, and my social media sleuthing has gathered that it actually. In his bio, it says, I think, shooting guard or point guard. And that's but he says first. basketball mm-hmm. at first, yeah. And there you go. What The photo of him is him, like, catching a football. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's so very what, what is this kid? He, he's a quarterback, <laughs> yeah. but he wants to be a receiver. He also plays basketball. Well, all we know is he's an athlete, all right? And yeah. maybe he's a pro-style quarterback, but he's an athlete. So clearly he can do more than just throw a football. Well, I really hope they get a quarterback locked up early on in this process. And from watching this kid's tape, seems to have good vision, good footwork, checks a lot of boxes. 6'4 is obviously always appealing, and 200 pounds is not bad either. Seems to have a pretty solid arm. And just the way he's been getting offers from teams that are very good at scouting quarterbacks, you cannot overlook a Duke offer. And I know a lot of people have brought up how once you get that Duke offer— that leads to a lot more quarterback offers. And Dino Babers has even said in the past in regards to recruiting quarterbacks that they need to be a little bit more stealthy with things because people respect who they go after, and maybe that's contributing to their lack of being able to wrap up a quarterback early on in this process. But I would say that has to be a top priority going into this 2021 class and really beyond because really in all of Dino's classes so far, It has been a fight outside of Tommy DeVito, which is his best recruit ever, really. But outside of that, it's been a fight to get a quarterback. And he's been pretty honest about, we got to go back and evaluate. We got to maybe be a little bit more stealthy. 
And you'd like to see this 2021 class be kind of a turning of the leaf in that regard. Right. And just to, to rehash that whole Duke part that you brought up, I mean, Coach Cutcliffe, he knows his quarterbacks, okay? Eight quarterbacks of his have gone to the NFL, both of the Manning brothers being Peyton and Eli, and then most recently, Daniel Jones, who was a high draft pick by the Giants. So if he's reaching out, he knows. And, I mean, we saw this too up with uh, Josh Huff's recruitment as well when Pitt offered uh, to yeah. the running back. That's that's a, a program that knows how to find the running backs. So good on Syracuse for getting out in front of it on both of those guys. And, and Leonard would be a, a really good pickup because, again, you want a quarterback in every single class. Now, of course, not every guy is going to be your quarterback necessarily, but there's backups. I mean, think about Zach Mahoney and the the career he carved out for himself as just a backup. I mean, he was phenomenal. He he's sitting in near the top 10s of a lot of statistical categories in Syracuse history as a backup quarterback. There are important positions. I mean, yeah. It, just think about the some of the games that Eric Dungy had to miss in that 10-win season. If Tommy DeVito wasn't there to pick up right where Dungy kind of, well, in some games didn't leave off, but get to the <laughs> Dungy that yeah. we know, that's important stuff. I don't, but Riley Leonard on his front, I don't think he'd be a backup quarterback. Just on some of the early things that I've seen out of him, but that backup quarterback position is important. I mean, Devito was so so key in games like UNC, yeah. in games like the the Florida State game that he was in. These were when he was a backup, and having a proven backup can can go a long way in kind of preserving your season. In a sense, that's kind of what Devito did. Yeah. No knock against Clayton Welch, but it would have been kind of nice maybe to have Chance Amy still in the program last year. And right. you just never know when you're going to need that backup quarterback. And again, we're talking about a kid in Riley Leonard who has a great last name and is probably going to be a starting quarterback at the Division One level. I think we can say definitively. He also maybe could be a starting shooting guard, but hopefully he picks football, hopefully he picks Syracuse. He did say in an article that Syracuse is at the top of his list, and the confidence they have in me has been amazing. Almost every coach has reached out. I think that was Mike McAllister's article. Hopefully I got that right, but good to see. It seems like Riley Leonard is one of those guys that they've been eyeing early. Hopefully that doesn't mean a bunch of teams jump on him, and hopefully they can wrap up a quarterback here early in this 2021 class. When we come back, an update on the Dome renovations. All right, so Syracuse.com published an article earlier today. They chatted with Pete Sala, who is the man behind the dome renovations, one of the men and the masterman, the mastermind behind it. And the good news is it seems like everything is still on track for that first home football game, if there is a football game in early September for Syracuse. So I guess kind of mid-September. Se- September 19th is that first game at home against Colgate, right now at least. But some interesting updates in this article one that really stood out, Ty, scoreboard is not going to move, but yeah. the update is that it looks good. It's huge. We've been really, the scoreboard's been hyped up. It's going to be in the center, and one of the main perks we thought was, okay, if you are playing in that crossover season, you can swing the scoreboard over so it's kind of in the middle of the basketball court and then swing it back over for football, and that yeah, makes it put on a, track. a whole lot easier. Right. Right. And, you know, it seems like the scoreboard itself is looks great. And Pete Sala said 
everything is big and it, it looks good, but it's not going to move, which is a little surprising and a little bizarre. Yeah, I'm a little disheartened by that, I think, just because the scoreboard, when you think about it from this perspective, okay, the the scoreboard, I feel like that was a basketball thing that needed to be put in. You know what I mean? Because yeah. every single basketball stadium pretty much has that center video board, the the cube, or I guess it's, I don't know, I, what is the like a rectangular, a 3D rectangle called? Is there a rectangular prism? Yeah, cube. Whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you have that in the middle of every basketball stadium pretty much, especially at the Power 5 level, in the country. Football, yeah. it's mostly in... It, well, Syracuse is the only place with a dome, right? So everyone is used to having the, the same sort of video boards that Syracuse has. And that's why I found this a little disheartening because I was looking forward mostly to the video board as a basketball thing. And so now that I know that it's not going to be there for basketball, obviously this isn't going to prevent me from ever going back to the dome. I'm, yeah. I'm not like that. I'm not <laughs> that you. upset about this, but I, I was expecting this to be a, a center fixture, mostly for basketball, and then you have it for football as well. And listen, I'm not the I'm some construction guru. I don't know how this stuff works. But what I would like to know is, if since this was a timing thing, why not just wait? Why not wait until next offseason and make yeah. the main project putting in this massive video board that can slide on a track? And I don't know if that's something that when they put it in, it can be revisited and eventually put on this track. But I don't know. I would kind of like to, to have that thing be able to move, put it and make it right. more enjoyable for basketball as well as football. So little little yeah. disappointed by that. I mean, it's one of those things where like I was, this is a different conversation, but I was talking to one of my friends who's trying to get new golf clubs right now. And he was kind of asking for advice. And I was like, what you should do is get a fitting because if, if it's really like, Oh, I'm getting new irons, then that's going to be there for a while. Like you're going to have those for a while. Right. So you got to make sure it is the best possible scenario. And that's how I feel about this. Like you're upgrading this dome for what? 40 years, basically. I mean, who yeah. knows how long this is going to be. And you'd think it'd be kind of nice if maybe college football announced like early August, hey, we're not having games this year. If that yeah, does you wonder happen. if that changes anything too. I was yeah, thinking about. I that think it as should. Well. I'd but... hope that they would reevaluate if that was the case, because as you said, there's a lot of value to having the scoreboard moving. I think that's one of the big things that was lacking from the dome. I think the sound system is probably the biggest thing. And look, we love the dome the atmosphere, lights, but we're too. just sort the of lights picking. me. The fact yeah. that there's no light show because it takes too long to turn the lights on and off. Right. I, I think the whole starting lineup unveil and hype around that could be bigger for 30,000 fans and an ACC game type atmosphere. I mean, it's, it feels big when you're in there, but it's just, you don't have the same amenities as you might have at, some of these other ACC schools where they've got the light show on the court and mm -hmm. you got to kind of make up for that. So I don't know. I, I feel like get it right. I mean, if it yeah. takes a little bit longer, so be it. And if football makes their determination, I think they should reevaluate for sure. But the scoreboard is huge. It's 62 and a half feet wide, 20 feet high. It is the largest center hung scoreboard in college sports, but that's not really saying much because most of these football teams play outdoors. So you 
can't really have anything that big. I mean, you're not going to put anything that big in just a basketball arena. Right. So, it it anyway, does cool to have. It does. I mean, it, it crushes the uh, the largest basketball screen. The largest basketball yeah. center hung is 42 by 21. That's at LSU. So this is 62 by 20. So it gets you an extra 20 feet of width. But you're I mean, one side of the stadium is going to have its back to it. Right. So right. Uh, it, it's a little disheartening. I'm not going to say I'm upset about it, but I would have liked to see though it be yeah, able to move upset. on the track. I, okay, I'm I'm a little upset. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I was exp- we were told it was going to be on a sliding track, and you're getting rid of the sliding track. Yeah, I mean I that would have been it's a whole cool additional thing. You know how they do the time lapses for the dome changeovers? Oh, that would have been that would have cool. been a yeah. super cool thing. You see the scoreboard move. Hockey, when yeah. when you see the the changeover from ice to court, the scoreboard is always fixated. Right, right. That's not a thing. This is you're seeing a giant structure move across a track. That would have been cool. I mean, how dare Pete Sala for not thinking? I mean, of this is time Pete lapse Sala's videos fault, of the I don't future. Think, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. But Pete Sala is a fun guy to to poke at. For anyone that went to Syracuse, they remember I Pete love Sala Pete Sala, all emails. right? I, yeah. I, I'm going to stand up. Who you doesn't? know, all of my classmates always had so much trouble getting interviews whenever we had to do stories about the Dome. Everyone always had <laughs> such trouble booking Pete Sala. I remember I had to book him one time, sent him an email. He's like, yep, come here at 8 o'clock and I'll talk to you. And I was like, Okay, cool. And I showed up at eight o'clock. We had a great conversation. He was, we were talking about yeah. Monster Jam, and he was telling me about all the scheduling stuff that the dome goes through. And I mean, that guy's got a hectic job, okay? Oh, and yeah. for him to make time for me, and it was as simple as a, a quick email. He got back to me, I think, within half an hour. I don't, I don't get the <laughs> what, why my friends had so much trouble booking him. He, he may have been the easiest interview I ever booked during my time. Right. I mean, maybe I overvalue what he actually does here in this situation or like what he does on campus, but the campus is always looking great. The dome is coming along. He's always forthright, transparent. I think he's great at his job. Yeah. But anyway, this, is, this has turned into a, a pizza appreciation podcast. Anything else <laughs> on the dome? I, I guess I should mention that the concession and restroom upgrades are actually potentially going to be ready this year in the fall. And that is actually a little bit ahead of schedule. So at least that's going well. Initially, it was thinking the plan was 2022 for the restrooms and concession upgrades. So yeah. that was also I, Syracuse. I don't really article. care about that part. I mean, yeah. I, I, I I do have one uh, Carrier Dome restroom story that I want to share, actually. Oh, God. Um, is it quick? <laughs> yeah, I can make it quick. So it was okay. when Syracuse <laughs> played good. LSU. And they, so Rex Ryan's son was on the team and, or no, 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 they played Clemson. They played Clemson. Sorry. And, and Rex Ryan's son was on the team and I went to the bathroom. Uh, I pull up to one of the troughs, look to my right and boom, it's Rex Ryan. So, right. <laughs> Took a piss next huh. to Rex Ryan at the domes. Um, one other thing I do want to mention. Was he staring at your feet? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, but he may, he may have been right staring somewhere else. Taking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so... One thing that Salah left the door open for was the midfield basketball game, which has always been something yeah. that's been so intriguing for he me. He always leaves that door ajar. Yeah, and like. why not do it every single game? I mean, I guess it's kind of tough, mean, but if you can move bleachers out from each side, 
I don't see why you don't do that. And especially with that, and maybe this is a whole nother, again, this is me not knowing how construction works and not knowing all the the manpower that goes into the, the dome changeover. And maybe we should have someone talk about that with us. But I think that would be an interesting thing to discuss with, with someone, because I think this midfield basketball game, if you made that the norm, that would be pretty cool. And especially now that you've got this giant scoreboard that's fixated and not on a track. So yeah, you figure this article brings up the, oh, like the Duke game, you can fit 40, 50,000. You know, Bayheim's last game is going oh, to be yeah. a midfielder. That's when they There's, should do it. There is, I mean, to not do that would be disrespect. I right. think if we know it's his last right, game, right, right, right. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. hope we do. I think it, it should go out that way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that because it's been teased a lot and they could do it right now. Well, if you they heard really wanted to on the last dance done. when they were talking, I think it was about the Georgia dome with Jordan and how, I mean, they would, they would get all those people in for a basketball game. I mean, I remember the Duke game, all right. They filled a horseshoe on that top, yeah, that top it was level. at least 35. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, why wouldn't you just move this in the middle? Then I mean, give everyone a good look at this thing. So yeah, it's it's logistically it makes sense. Like maybe that's not the right word. Just common sense says do that, so or at least in our heads, just it enjoys makes sense. it more. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure it is a very complex thing. If they haven't done it already, I'm not overly optimistic that this is going to change it that much. And he didn't say it really would have that much of an impact on it, but. He, again, left the door ajar. So hopefully, I think you're spot on there with Beheim's last game. That'd be a, a cool and fitting moment to right. do it, maybe for the first time. But that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of Locked on Syracuse. We'll be back tomorrow, as we are every single weekday, talking some more football recruiting tomorrow. Maybe dive into some basketball recruiting, but we got to figure out who that mystery recruit is, and we'll get you updated on him tomorrow on the show. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll have some Twitter games dropping this week and keep an eye out for that. For Tyler, I'm Tim and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.